a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding Reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, I got to bring back Amy Belair. She is incredible. Reads uh, Kashuk Readings. She does all sorts of incredible stuff, guys. All the ways, of course, to find her and her podcast, The Third Eye Awakening, which can be found anywhere podcasts are found, will, of course, be linked in the bottom of the show description down there. So you guys just go click, check her out while you are out there checking her out. Her Instagram profile will be located there as well, North Star. Uh, go ahead and wish her and her family um, congratulations on their new baby. We just got word that she just had her little baby boy. Not a little baby boy at all. It's a huge baby. Um, but we're super grateful that she is happy and healthy, and so is baby. So while you guys are going to check her and her podcast out and to go check out some of the programs that she does, which are incredible, uh, go uh, wish her and her family uh, congratulations over there, guys. So without any further ado, congratulations, Amy. Uh, Amy Belair. All right, ladies and gentlemen, extremely excited to get Amy Blair back on the show. How are you today, Amy? I'm doing great. I'm having a fantastic day so far, and it's made so much better by getting the opportunity to have another conversation with you, Brandon. You kidding me? I mean, this is what it is, right? It's not content. I just wanted to catch up with you. I just wanted to say how you're doing and say hi, because you're killing it, dude. You are killing it. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you're pregnant as fuck. So how's that going? Yeah. It's it's going really well. This little being feels. I wish I could show you, but I know it's like it's pretty big. Good lord! Pretty big belly, but if I don't know, this baby <laughs> feels like cozy in here still. I think I got a couple of weeks left to go. Still cooking. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that's incredible. And you're waiting to find out. Yes. Okay, got you. Uh, do you have some names picked out already? I do. Yeah. Okay, cool. You want to reveal them or no? Well, if it's a girl, um, so they're both Irish Gaelic. If it's a girl, uh, my plan is that it's Sersha Astrid. And if it's a boy, it'll be uh, Kella William or William Kella. But um, I don't know that my husband agrees with that. Like he keeps saying things like Kang and Thrawn and stuff. And, and I, I'm just like, okay, honey. Well, I mean, I'm doing all the work, so... <laughs> I don't know if anybody, I shall be the namer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's fair. Uh, I don't know if anybody since Vikings have had that conversation about this specifically, right? You could picture Vikings back in the day going, "No, I want Khan," and you're like, "No, I want." <laughs> it's, that's great. Uh, well, cool. Well, um, so, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you know that Amy's been on before, a uh, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, and uh, you do a group that is fantastic on Facebook called um, Soul Space. And it is so much fun. Uh, everybody on there is delightful. So shout out to all the Soul Space members. Uh, you guys are wonderful. And we have a good time interacting with you guys. Y'all are so sweet. They're so wonderful. And so if you're not on Soul Space, go out there and join it. It is really, really cool. It's a great community. 
So, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I got you back on because, like I said, I just wanted to talk to you and say hi and catch up with you. But let's talk about this simulation shit. Let's talk about NPCs <laughs> uh, because this has been something that's been on my mind a lot lately. So what what are your thoughts on just the concept of an NPC or a non-playing character establishing, like, let's just go with the thought experiment that we're already aware that we live in a simulation. Okay, we figured that out. And now, is everyone around us real in your mind? Yeah, so I had this conversation a while ago, a couple months ago, I think, with Will, a.k.a. Ketsuban of the Wrong Warp podcast. And at the time, I said that I have not met a, a person that I'm like, you're just empty like i don't think that there's a consciousness in you and and we got into like how i think definitely though there are people that are running a tape so it's almost like the soul has abdicated it's it's like set aside and there's a tape running and um i think it's a trauma response but that being said, I'm also aware that I have the incredible fortune of magnetizing like really delightful people into my world, such as yourself, like truly. And I, so sometimes I'm like, are there, are there NPCs and I just haven't met them? That's, that's what I'm a little bit stumped on. I've met people for sure that are not driving the car and they're more like, it feels more like um, some a possession to a degree, but I don't know if that's the same thing as an NPC, like an, an actual, and maybe I'm misinterpreting, but to me, an NPC is like literally a character that is, has nothing other than just to, I don't know, be part of the background or like repeat, you know, something like one line, uh, you know, on behalf of the simulation. Have you met one? Do you think you've met an NPC? I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Now, uh, to what you just said, I think that there may be different levels of non-playing characters around here, right? So if there's if you're in a grocery store or something like that, or in a public place, and you see somebody way off in the distance that you're not going to go towards, you're not going to interact with, you see them like just walking out of a door or you know, heading out to their car or something like that, then that might be one of those far distant NPCs where... But also the game may just render a story for them whenever you approach them or interact with them, right? It's not off the table. Totally. So let's say, for instance, um, yeah, I, I meet people like all the time. Like I'm just in a, I'm just social, you know, I just like people. So I just say hi to people. I, you know, um, well, if there's an old lady or just a lady or something like that, I was raised well. So if somebody's putting heavy stuff in their car, I go over and offer to help, um, stuff like that. And then we'll have like a little interaction, but maybe that's it, right? Maybe there's just small little characters that play a minor role all of it i think is just for you to have the experience of realizing who you truly are so in that moment i could just i could have just walked by that lady um npc or not it doesn't mean and i, I guess i want to put this out there for everybody listening that npc doesn't mean treat people like shit uh, just because they're not real and mm. i've got kind of um, a thing i'll bring up later because it's it's a thing i wanted to tell you about but not yet um about uh, these characters out there that maybe they're they're just playing a role, like you said, or they get, they've got specific lines to come into your story at specific times. Uh, even the people that flip you off on the freeway or whatever, that's that's a person that's here to allow you the opportunity to realize who you really are or to choose a new version of yourself. The one that would have flipped the person off um, 
before maybe now you've changed because of this opportunity you just go man you know what just be careful out there you know i apologize or it wasn't my fault or you know something like that uh, it you people can be a little hard on themselves with stuff like that but it's the opportunity for you to realize maybe a new grander greater version of who you really are and that's all these characters are here to do um i one thing that's interesting and i talked to about this with uh, elizabeth the meta mama um from tiktok i met her on tiktok she's wonderful she has that was a stuff great episode. She, she did all the heavy lifting. I've got to hook y'all up. I think she would be great on your show too. Um, what we had talked about on there is the Mr. Smith uh, idea. Have you heard of this? Uh, that was my first time and it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, I have seen that. I have yes. seen that. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. So what have you seen when that happened? What was your situation when you saw that? Well, it, it's funny. The, the most common... Um, one that comes to mind we actually talked about in our first conversation was um the flat earth response where somebody who you otherwise can have a total open discussion with who is not somebody that you consider to be closed-minded or anything like that and you bring it up and for some reason that one is so this is why i think probably the earth is not a globe i don't know what it is but it's probably not a globe because instantaneously it's like a uh, flip switches, a switch flips. Yes, a switch flips. And all of a sudden they're like, no, this is not <laughs> like crazy, the earth man. is a globe. Yes. <laughs> if you try to engage the conversation, like, okay, but how do you know or anything? It's just like, there's nowhere to go. You're just hitting a wall and, and it's crazy. But then they kind of come back down later and you can ha continue having normal conversations with them. And I see that with a lot of people around this topic. <laughs> yes, especially especially Flat Earth. And so what we were talking about on that episode as well is, yeah, I, I did a Flat Earth episode with David Weiss. He was fantastic. It was incredible. And that the was. comment section, thank you. Uh, he did, again, he did all the heavy lifting. I don't feel like I'm doing much at all. They, Everybody else, like you, you do, you do wonderful. Podcasting I'm just chill. is the best day. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I'm just like, uh, do your thing, man. Um, so yeah, and it was, it was insane. The amount of just comments and hate and like, name calling and stuff like that. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, right? And and some people would actually make some pretty good points and they would get down to the, well, of course they don't fly over Antarctica because there's nowhere emergency, uh, for an emergency landing. Good point. And then they would tack on the end of like, you fucking retard or something like that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, yeah. like you don't have, like, just make your point. You don't have to be a dickhead at the end of it. You know, that's what loses it for me. That's what discredits the idea, honestly, is I'm just like, okay, you're just an asshole. Got it. And, and I will say this too, 99.9% .9 of people who immediately talk shit about it or switch to the Mr. Smith element have mm -hmm. never looked at it or seriously considered it. That's what's so interesting because it's immediately erroneous. It's immediately something people are sitting there going, nope, this is bullshit. I've got to call you a fucking retard at the end of it. And that's where I'm going to leave it. So what do you think this plane is if we are in a simulation? Uh, and so do you think that it could be both? Like both a globe and uh, a flat plane? Yeah. That's a good question. You know what? I actually don't think it's a globe. I think that's, I really do think that's all bullshit. I doesn't mean I know what it is. I, at this point, my, I think my sense is like, it actually is a realm insofar as in, in a video game, like what is, so if you take World of Warcraft, I, I've never been a World of Warcrafter, but I had a boyfriend that was like huge into it. And his idea of a great weekend together was for him to play World of Warcraft while I just hung out and did my thing. Sounds hot. So 
I got to watch a lot of it over his shoulder, <laughs> but it's a whole complex like environment, right? But it gets simulated as your character enters or, or um, my son really loves Dead Red, Red Dead Redemption. Same, it's a beautiful, beautifully complex rendered environment, but it gets rendered as your character enters that area. It's neither a plane nor a globe. It's just a rendered environment. And I, I think that's what we're actually in rather than a physical shape. Cause I think that's all physical reality is anyway. Like we have, we have this impression that like this desk I'm sitting at is, is solid. Um, but I was going to say, we know, but we believe, I think I know based on <laughs> my research and my trips into the Akasha that there, you know, every atom is 99.9139 uh, percent empty space between the electrons and the nucleus, which is made of protons and neutrons. And so if that's the case, then mostly everything that we experience is empty space. And when you come down to the subatomic particles, they're just um, little tiny parcels of energy that are vibrating. And I think that the third dimension is a realm where the vibration slows down such that the, um, the energy can take on a pattern that's pretty stable because it's slowed down into this, into this little bandwidth. And so it, it takes on a sense of stability, but ultimately it's just energy patterns until we decode it or some, some, something with the physical body, like the, the, the apparatus, the equipment to decode and translate, like unzip the zip file kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like an observer effect in quantum physics, because that's what they yeah. say. The Schrodinger's cat thing. Is it dead or alive? Yes. Until you observe it, it's both potentials. It's all potentiality, right? And yeah. so, yeah, the slow vibration thing makes me think of like calm water versus a rushing river. So if you've got a, a calm water, unless it's acted on or observed or you drop a rock into it, it's very, very stable and calm and looks pretty solid, you know? But then a river takes on many forms and it's undulating and it's fluctuating. It's kinetic, right? Um, yeah. So with the uh, video game analogy, and I think that this is what's interesting about the whole being able to wrap our minds around NPCs or a simulated reality or something like that, because it's almost like the Matrix or the reality kind of gave us a mini example of what our environment may be based on the fact that video games are a thing, you know, that they were invented at all. And then we can kind of contextualize and apply it to observations that we have, ideas that we have about the place in which we live. Now, to what you said about being rendered right around you, the reason I maybe think that it could be both is based on your what you just said, your observation, that it's just a rendered environment as far as the eye can see, just to you, the player, which may be all there is. I mean, like in your reality, I'm an NPC or I'm a player but only in the sense that we're interacting in this way. Maybe the game is all about you. Maybe this is just your game and that's it. Right. It's so interesting because really, even in your environment back there, like behind the dojo screen there, nothing <laughs> needs to be rendered as far as the game's considered. You and I are sitting here having a conversation. You don't need to see what's out my window out here. It's just this is all there is for this moment. And whenever I think of if it's a globe or a flat realm or a plane or something like that. I think though the game can render both. So let's say for instance that you wanted to hop on a 
when they privatize space flights, if they ever do that, and you want to hop on the Virgin thing or whatever and you shoot up to the sky, then maybe the render, the game renders a globe underneath you because that's the principle that you're going for, right? Definitely. I absolutely, that's, that's sort of what I figured out about manifestation or one of the things that really made it speed up for me was realizing like, oh, okay, our beliefs really are everything insofar as like what you're expecting is what will render yes because because it, it like it's not that there's nothing else there there's infinite energy infinite potentials infinite um energy patterns to decode but i i kind of explain it like if somebody's speaking a message to me in korean i don't speak a word of korean so i can't receive it i cannot translate it but if they speak to me in french i do know how to speak french so i can translate that so if i have no concept for the earth as anything but a globe it's going to be very challenging verging on impossible for me to render it as anything but a globe because my expectation is so powerful my belief is so powerful that that is the potential that i am able to lock into yeah and for a lot of people they dig their heels in just like let's say any organized religion at all you're going to dig your heels into that idea because now it's part of your identity uh especially people who worked on the space program uh their family members and david brought this up in the interview he was brilliant about it he said uh the saturn rockets the early program of nasa uh was contracted out to like a hundred thousand different companies so now what you've done is you've sent this idea out to a hundred thousand different companies each having their own employees each employee having their own families and circles that they're going to tell, hey, I worked on the rocket, you know, and then now that's a story that gets passed down. My grandfather worked on the rocket that got men to the moon, you know, and so now there's this, it's it's almost like a tulpa, you know, it's like a creative waveform that because you've told somebody, maybe it's the, maybe it's true or not, but because you've told somebody something, now that idea has become something that a bunch of people are creating co-collectively. So this is also what's interesting about it, right? Because maybe to those astronauts, yeah, the world's round. Maybe to us, it's flat or it's a realm or it's, it's full of possibilities. I think all things can exist at the same exact time, because if you think about it, the only thing that's real is what you're experiencing. You, the observer. Yeah. Absolutely. I I agree with that totally. Totally, totally, totally. It's just possible. I mean, and this is this is what's so fun because I can nerd out and geek out with this stuff with you. So this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So it, if it is a simulation, um, you know, or or a video game of some type, uh, what do you think the point of it all is? I actually really believe that the point of it is that the I think transformation and evolution are the the name of the whole game. Um, And that like the consciousness that is all um, it, it just seems to me like, why would it just be static and never evolving like that? There's in, in, I totally believe in infinity because it was shown to me when I was about 20 years old and it was shown in such a way that like, I was not trying to imagine it. It just, um, I just sort of received a vision and an understanding. And so, so even the idea that infinity is like possibly not real is that doesn't make any sense to me. So when I think about infinity and infinite potentiality, infinite information, infinite consciousness, then why would it just be static? Of course it would 
interact with itself and it would evolve on all kinds of levels and that that's really what all of this is about and so for us on earth i think it's like realizing your god self but also forgetting your god self because then you get to remember your god self and you get to choose everything in between so we we exist in a realm that includes polarity and polarity in and of itself isn't necessarily bad it's just you know two extremes and then everything in between and we get to be the third vantage point that then chooses between those extremes and everything in between and so we're full of choice we're full of free will and it's all just for the purpose of evolving i think <laughs> mm, interesting and i love it yeah 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 and it seems like um are you familiar with the x-men at all you know the comic book the x-men okay somewhat yeah i've seen the movies okay there you go uh, are you familiar with the concept of their danger room have you ever are you gotten that deep into it that's okay i'm a super comic book nerd no big deal so uh there is a room inside charles xavier's mansion or whatever um that's a massive open space that has a bunch of digital holograms and a bunch of um things to so that they can train and hone their abilities right that's the whole point of the room but what's interesting is all of it's fake but the danger is real right so also the learning experience is real and that's why it's called the danger room i guess um but it's basically like a bunch of like robots and stuff that'll come out and then they, you know, Wolverine does his thing and like Storm will do their thing and they learn how to kind of work together. And, and so it's almost like if, if this is a simulation and that's what it is, then it's like that, right? It's like, there's a, a space um, that has a bunch of technology in it that can make you, that make, can make it seem extremely real. Again, even the danger is real. So if, if I walk outside and get stung by a wasp, um, which I did recently, then uh, that hurts. It sucks. Um, it's not ideal. I will put it that way. So this is what's interesting about the whole concept of a simulation as well, is the danger or the experience is very, very real. If you walk out in front of a bus, no matter how much you think this is a simulation, you're going to get plowed into and you're going to get splattered all over the road. Um, if you punch somebody in the face, whether you think they're an NPC or not, you're probably going to get your ass kicked. And so there's there, there's like a very real consequence, which can kind of negate the idea that this is all fake. And fake is, I mean, what what would you say is fake? Like the difference between what is real, real in air quotes, and then what is fake, right? It's just what you can experience. It's just what what feels real, even though our minds can tell us that we're in a simulation or that there's non-playing characters out here and that we're just here to learn. And the danger is real, even though it's fake. Um, how do you how do you feel about that that idea? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I feel like that's why it's hard to talk about these things because almost like as as soon as I start talking about them, I can feel people's like defenses coming up. And so I sort of dance around these words. Like I refer to it as an illusion, but then I'm like, but it's not, it's not an illusion in so far as it's like, doesn't mean anything. It totally means something. The suffering that exists here is a real experience that is really being had. And that means that it's real, but that it's, it's not the only real it's a tiny, tiny sliver of what is real and that there's a, a much bigger perspective available that, I don't know, helps. It's just sort of like the difference between having like a ground, eye, ground level eye view and having like a mountaintop eye view. You just have a different perspective and you're like, whoa. And neither is better than the other. They just offer a different experience. Absolutely. That's perfect. That is perfectly put. I love that. 
Uh, just like your time is currency thing, I will carry that one with me. Um, the, the stuff you say, I, I hang on to because you're wonderful and you're insightful. Um, okay, so I've got a crazy one, but it's actually... So it's about NPCs, but it's kind of selfish in a way, and it's horrible. I've, I've got to say this. Like, it's it's a horrible perspective. Um, but, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know who else to tell, right? Uh, or if I even should tell it, because I fought with this quite a bit. Okay. In a system where, let's say that the Matrix or whatever the hell this is, wants to control you into staying in line with the protocol, Right. It wants you to breed, go to work, um, pay your taxes, uh, work in cubicles, you know, have this menial existence that perpetuates the machine, as it were, and it doesn't allow you any time for free thought or experimentation with psychedelics, perhaps, or mind-expanding experiences with people, then one, I guess, deterrent or mechanism, if I were to create a game, would be homeless people. Mm. That sucks, right? Okay. So I'm not saying, I, I think I need to preface this and say that I'm not saying that all homeless people are NPCs or something like that. I'm talking about the idea that if I were a matrix, I would plop little um, possibilities of destitute for you out there all the time. If you didn't fall in line, this is a possibility for you. You will be deemed crazy. You will be shunned on the street. You will be exposed to the elements. You will be in constant danger. Uh, you will not have enough to eat. You will be in a horrible survival mode constantly. All you have to do to avoid this situation, which you could fall into at any moment, uh, would be just to fall in line, just do what we say, and you'll be okay. It's, it's almost like, like the shittiest motivator that you can think of. What do, you, what do you think of that? That's really interesting. And what it makes me think of is a little bit like the, um, sort of what you were talking about at the very beginning of our conversation with NPCs um, as like them becoming animated as you come closer to them and interact with them. And also um, the Mr. Smith kind of thing. It just made me wonder like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe everybody that is, that you don't develop a deep interaction with is um, hmm almost like a, a placeholder character and that it's the simulation that speaks through them when you come close to them. So it, it's not that they don't have a soul. It's just that they're not permanently occupied by a soul. Like the, the, the consciousness comes into it in response to our proximity. And so that's what I immediately thought about. But I, I definitely think that that kind of thing is part of the programming is like um, figuring out people's like fear and pain points and um, sort of sprinkling the simulation with evidence of that so that you are, are always met with it. And, and I, I really think our fears for the most part are illusions. So I would never tell somebody to jump off a cliff because like, cause you know, like your fear is an illusion, just go ahead, jump off a huge high cliff where you will fall to your death. It's not like that. But I think that those fears that hold us back from knowing our, the truth of our power, I think those are all illusions. And that as we sort of confront them and knock them down, they remind me of the Bogarts and Harry Potter. Like they take on whatever form is actually going to freak us out. So um, for one person, it might be like homelessness as a potential. For another person, it might be getting mugged or attacked in an alleyway. For another person, um, it could be bankruptcy or, you know, like 
who knows it's different things but i think like i definitely think the simulation sort of like rears its ugly head to present itself so that we we don't pass through the barrier but then when we pass through the barrier it just goes away yes and, and you're like oh 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 okay i think i see what's going on here it's interesting right because i've noticed this as well it's whenever you confront it and you say uh you're you know uh, Stephen pressfield's uh the war of art um he calls it the resistance and so whenever something like that pops up in my mind as well i'm like nope you're the resistance fuck off and it yeah. fucks off it, it's not a problem anymore it's not something that i experienced same thing with like this jab it's same thing with like all these potentials that they scare you with ah it's there's a boogeyman out there you're gonna have to do this you don't have to do any of that shit that's the resistance that's the or the matrix are synonymous i guess um that's the system trying to give you the opportunity to calm your mind to stay on your course right yeah and it totally and like i don't want to say retreat because that's not really the right word but retreat in a sense deeper into your actual i don't know lately i'm calling it a god flame and it feels like sort of like um a diamond light and it exists somewhere between our throat and our heart and our chest and it's like the the house of who we actually are like who we actually are and the more you retreat into that the more you realize like I can just like, I can just wave my hand through the illusion of this, you know, um, this perceived threat or this fear, this barrier, and it just dissipates like fog or mist. And, and I remember like, oh, I'm so much more in control than, you know, I was brought up to think. <laughs> Completely agree. And I've been playing with this a lot lately, um, that I, that specific idea. I'm so glad you brought this up because, yes, it is something that I've been sitting there going, hang on, this is just this is just the resistance. Like, go go away. And I'm telling you, it's an instant flip of the switch and it like recedes into the shadows. You can see this like, yeah, and it like powers <laughs> away, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's like this horrible. <laughs> uh, it, that's, that's exactly what it feels like. And this is what's so interesting about this whole damn experience is you have way more control and you understand this. I'm figuring this out that you have way more control than, than you're being told, you know, of course, than your parents would, they're part of the simulation too. I, you know, they're the ones that told you that you got to work hard and that if you don't have money, you're going to, you know, be homeless. And then now there's the homeless thing. Um, and I think though, on a, if I could be incredibly revealing about this homelessness to me and destitute is it's, it's something that, uh, it, it hits me to my core, right? And this this is one of the things, if, if one person goes hungry, that's the mark of our society. We are only as good as that one very last little kid in wherever that doesn't have a meal or a place to sleep tonight. That shit, it, it fucks with me on a really mental level. That's the one that will pull my heartstrings, especially animals, anything, animal, elderly, homeless, anything like that, it, it fucks with me hard. I can't even yeah. um, check that page, uh, Nature is Metal. Have you ever seen that? on Instagram no, or whatever. Okay. Don't do it. It's basically okay. just the natural world being the natural world. It is what it is, but it's gruesome, man. It's like lions ripping things apart and like baboons eating other baboons asses while they're still alive and screaming. It's, it's horrible. It is horrible, but it is our reality, right? It is the nature of things, well, which is another interesting part about the simulation. Like why does that need to exist at all? Why do things like that have right. to exist? 
it is maybe one of those things just to show you who you really are or something like that, or just to show you, hey, the world's pretty fucked up, you know, and to keep you in almost like this fear state. Now, I've never been attacked by a lion, thank God. Um, I've never had my ass eaten um, in a bad way uh, while I've, uh, you know, been screaming or whatever. Uh, but it, it seems like one of these things that's out there, it's possible, so therefore you have to have a reaction to it, or you don't, you know, that's the thing, right? You just don't react to it. Right. Well, like, it's, I mean, yeah, even that is really interesting because it's like, well, what, why? I mean, we are, so I've, I personally believe that we are hybrids, um, hybrid beings. So part of us, like part of our genetic sequence comes from this planet and part of it comes from elsewhere, whatever that means. Um, because when you look at our, our physical apparatus, like why, why aren't we covered with hair? Like we can't just survive, right? Like we, we need very specific, we need shelter. We don't have claws. We're, we're not, we're not equipped in the same way as um, the other creatures that exist here. But I, but we also are like beautifully integrated to be here and to exist here. Like the air is not toxic to us on its own without, you know, chemtrails and whatnot. Um, <laughs> like the environment is supportive and nourishing and nurturing to us. And so even that is a really interesting concept because it's like, I believe nature is encoded with so many beautiful things that we can't like get on, on such a, a densely packed level that our conscious minds can't understand. And it carries like a frequency of, of truth and harmony and well-being, and more, even more than that. And so why, why are like, whenever, yeah, whenever I see information like that or hear of information like that, that seems to like freak us out about being in nature. It's like, but why is that there then? Like it's to, to keep us like wanting to be in the safety of our homes and our weird artificial environments we create and separate from nature or this idea, like, I don't know if you remember that commercial a while ago that they would show people through, I don't know, I think it was like a UV filter and their skin was just like, bleh, like modeled with sun marks. And then they would put sunscreen on and it would suddenly look smooth, but it was like a weird black and white filter. It was a commercial that played a lot, well, at least in Canada. Um, it was obviously a pro sunscreen commercial, but sunscreen has ingredients that are carcinogenic when they come into contact with sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> How fucked up is that? Yeah. <laughs> and and I think about it and I'm like, I heard a, a brilliant woman named Nadine Artemis talking about the sun one time. And she was like, of course we need to interact with the sun. That is what our bodies are designed to do. And I've been really, I had this crazy download about the sun and the stars a while ago, realizing that they actually carry codes and it's actually like, to me, it feels like this might sound really weird, but like the sun is an oversoul, like it is a consciousness and we come from the sun. Um, so our soul, it's like, it's an oversoul. That's like a subsoul to an over oversoul like in this beautiful hierarchy. And the sun carries um, 
codes for us, just meaning like encrypted information that we don't consciously understand, but we receive it and interact with it anyway, and it's beneficial to us. And so like, why, why are we like, what is this ozone hole bullshit? Like, why is there a hole in our ozone? Who created the industrial revolution? It, like, you know, like, oh, it's just humans are just, we're just irresponsible assholes and we ruin our planet. I don't know. I think we're all just forced into a system that, you know, makes us do things that we don't want to do to survive because we don't have the time to come up with solutions. And so now we have a hole in our ozone apparently and the sun will burn us. And I definitely get sunburns as a very white person, but I just don't wear sunscreen. I just try to not go out in the middle of the day when I know the sun is at its peak. Well, why would I cover myself up in a chemical that is carcinogenic when it interacts with the sun? I, as if like I have to protect myself from the natural environment that I was like created to experience. It's just weird. It is weird. And I'm like you, I, I don't wear sunscreen either. And I'm in Texas, dude, but we, you know, um, and you know, my wife, um, is coming around to this idea and my mom bitches at me all the time, but she bitches at me for a lot of things. So it's okay. I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm like married. I've got a mortgage. It's, I'll be like 39 in a you know, couple months. It's okay. I'm a grown you can, man, mom. Yeah. You can, I'm a grown ass <laughs> man. Right. You can just dial it back. But, um, it, it's, it's out of that fear though, that fear that because it's conditioning, right. That's conditioning to, oh my God, you're going to get skin cancer. You're going to whatever. Um, it's super survivable. So I'll be okay. Um, but what's interesting about this whole concept as well is yes, it's, I, I like the Matryoshka doll, uh, spiritual, uh, sun soul thing to where it's just all little, you know, bigger or more condensed versions that then get really expanded. I think that's really cool. Have you done, um, sun gazing? Do you ever do that? Um, I mean, I not necessarily only because I don't live anywhere that I can do that in those like very specific hours just because of the trees around where I live. Um, but when I go to the beach, I definitely do it. But I sit in, for my morning meditation. I sit where the sun is going to beam on me and I just sort of receive it that way. It's through the window and everything, but it nonetheless feels very, I don't know. It, it changes the quality of my meditation. If it's a cloudy day, I feel it. <laughs> I love it. And it's a great example um, to do. Yeah, because so for the listener, sun gazing, uh, it's an ancient practice. Uh, the Egyptians used to do that. Uh, a lot of ancient cultures. And it's where you just stare at the sun, but only 30 minutes after sunrise and 30 minutes before sunset. There's a specific yeah. window. Now, I saw a guy out there that's like, man, I just walk out and stare at the sun. And he's fine, but that that's an interesting one, uh, which le it, it'll lead me to what I want to talk to you about, about hacking the matrix here in a minute with super abilities and things like that. Um, but it, it is interesting that what you said as well as how we've been pushed out of the natural environment to flee to our homes, to sit inside, to wear sunscreen, all of that based on humans that have torn up the planet in the past. You and I didn't do this, but we inherited an earth that was torn up by humans that now we should be scared uh, is falling apart because of other things. And it's almost like there's this um, there's this past karma that's built into the story that you had nothing to do with, but you're paying consequences for. Uh, the most you know the most old school one, of course, would be Eve in the Garden of Eden. So the story, of course, of Adam and Eve, and she takes a bite of the apple, and that's why all childbirth is painful. But childbirth is painful for all mammals and all animals. So I mean, why did everybody? You know, that's the explanation for it, right? And my mom. God love her, very, very Christian. She says, you know, there's going to be a long line in heaven of uh, people ready to slap Eve in the face. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that, you know? Um, because she then caused the problems for all women after her. I'm like, no, it's just 
birth. That's just the way that it works. It's it's an odd idea. Same thing to the, well, there's a hole in the ozone layers because chicks in the 80s just had to get their Aquanet on and the hairspray, <laughs> you know, just fucked everything up for everybody. And so now you guys need to pay the price for it. But these people then will fly their private jets over to Davos to kind of create a world for us that tells us what we need to be doing. Right. Or the recent G7 and like, oh, oh, oh masks for all the, you know, for the formalities. And then we're just going to chum around and group hug and take group photo shots without our masks. And you know, yeah, exactly. Like the, they all flew privately. Yeah. Yeah. You're not seeing them hopping like, into coach. Liars. Yes, absolutely. And then, yes, there's, thousands of examples i'm glad you brought this up as well of people putting their mask on right before they walk on camera and there are then cameras that have been running and you can hear a lady say okay everybody's fine and they're all hugging up and grouping up together and they say okay well we're about to turn the cameras on everybody make sure you social distance make sure you have your mask on while the cameras are on it's a blatant it's blatant fuckery and this is the thing though you and i see it of course we don't you know and all of your soul space people they see it but um it's interesting all the npcs that don't um so leading us back to that idea, what do you think then is the way that you, whenever we are confronted with a Mr. Smith type of a situation, because you could see it switch. And like you said, if you bring up anything like 9-11 or Flat Earth or yeah, any concept yeah. that goes against the mainstream, you could see them be taken over by a representative of the Matrix that's going to shut down this conversation. Uh, yes. That to me, I, do you feel like that that's when you know that you're on the right path? Yeah, for sure. Totally. Like we, you're getting too close to the truth. I mean, yes. Yeah. And I feel like it extends oh, so much to say. I feel like it extends into this whole call out culture of fucking nonsense that I despise. Um, and that, you know, like my neighbor, we went for a walk the other day uh, with our kids and, and she was just asking me what I thought about like the trans agenda. And I was like, I believe that there are people who feel transgendered. I believe probably a lot of it is trauma related, but I can't say it all is. And I'm living, let live whatever you want to like, however you feel is the authentic expression of yourself at any given time, as long as you're not hurting anybody and they're, you know, as long as everybody's consenting and of an age to consent to what they understand to, then I love you. Be you. I think they're getting thrown under the bus personally. And, and she was like, Oh, I'm so glad like that we can even have a conversation about it because if I try to talk about it with anybody else, it's immediately like you're transphobic, you're an asshole. And this is Canada. Like everybody's so polite here. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And, and I feel like it, it even extends to that. And you know that when you go there, you're getting close to a truth. And, a, and I think it's also a pain point. That's why I think a lot of it is a trauma response. It's like people just having pain, they don't know how to deal with. And so they, they just like, you know, lash out and they put up this huge instantaneous defense wall so that the conversation can go no further. But but I think it also is the simulation, like shutting it down. Cause you see people like flip, just totally flip and, and become almost like, it almost does feel like possessed. Yes, it's it's wild. It is. It's this representative in the matrix going and 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 tapping them on the shoulder and then stepping in and saying, "Okay, we're not we're not talking about this anymore. Uh, I'm going to make you feel like shit. I'm going to ostracize you from the group, and we're shutting this down." And they right. get really loud, which then, of course, depending on your constitution, kind of triggers a reaction in you, no matter how you feel about it, right? Yeah. Weird. 
Yeah, I think I think um, trauma based mind control is like the main the main control mechanism. And it just it, you know, we can get traumatized in so many ways, especially when we don't remember who we are and we don't realize this is a simulation and we don't we can't see it from that mountain eye view, then it feels really real. And I've certainly felt it that sense of like, Oh my God, what if people judge me? What if people misunderstand me? What if I get like kicked out of the the group because I've said something that is considered, you know, taboo and offensive and unacceptable at this time or like, that's just one, one example of a layer of trauma. But I feel like that's all like, that's the main way that we get controlled is triggering those deep fears that we have. I think so too. Um, and so the understanding about that we live in a simulation or even the idea of it, that none of this is big, big capital letters real, but it's very still real to you. And so this is, this is one thing people might say uh, is, well, then why the hell even talk about it? Why even uh, bring it up? If it doesn't affect my day to day, if it doesn't, um, you know, change anything, if the, if I'd still step out in that bus or jump off of that cliff or get stung by a wasp or something like that, it, it still sucks. So what's the point in these thought experiments? What, what in your mind is the answer to that? It just depends on what you want out of the game. I think like you could totally just not, you could just be like, yeah, okay, maybe it's a simulation and I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And that's amazing. That's totally, totally fine. My motivation is like, yeah, it's hacking the game. It's figuring out uh, like how creative I can be. And yeah, what I, what I can create with my understanding of how this whole simulation works and it feels like, I don't know, lately I'm, I'm so um, almost like single-mindedly motivated to help people align with their mission and live it out. And by mission, I don't necessarily mean it has to be a career. It's just like purposeful living um, because it's just made, I don't know, it's been night and day in my life to have that sense of purpose at all moments of every day. And so I feel like for me, my whole goal is to like rise as high as I can, um, as fast as I can and bring as many people up with me as I can and just like break the spell that keeps us penned in by those fears that I don't think are actually real. Only because it's so amazing to bust through them and be like, holy shit, <laughs> like look what I can do. Yes. <laughs> That's it, right? And and if anything else, it's just an altered way of thinking. It, it takes you out of this rigid, standard, comfortable, uh, even an illusionary state, and just think about it in a different way. It's just sort of like changing your point of view. You know, if you if you're at a concert and you're stuck behind a pillar, and you're like, "Damn it, I wish I could see that concert." Well, get up and move. You know, it's like just change your point right. of view. Yeah, it's well, you know, life's gotten a little boring. Think of it as a simulation. Think of it as a flat earth. It'll pep up your step a little bit, you know, and look around your world and really kind of look, is there anything beyond what I can see? Does China even exist right now? I'm not there. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> it could just be an idea. Oh my God. It's so true. I think about that a lot lately because I got really, really bugged out on all the vaccine shedding stuff for a while. And my, my dad and my two sisters both got it. And um, that was really really tough on me because I was sort of feeling like almost like I was pre-grieving them. Mm, like mm -hmm. our paths were just taking different directions. And I think almost all of my like in real life friends have gotten it. Um, 
and yeah, just feeling like, according to the stuff that I'm hearing in alternative um, news media, that the future looks grim for everybody or most people who's got who've gotten it. But then there are occasionally some people who are super high vibrational, like I call them light workers of any kind who were, were coming for Akashic readings and would be like, I got it. Like I felt I either didn't know, or I really felt guided to, and I would tune into their field and I wouldn't feel anything. Like it didn't feel like there was any alteration, like their soul was completely present. Some people, when I would tune in, I could feel like um, some, feels like rogue proteins starting to fuck with their system. So it made me start really wondering about all that. And then ultimately I was just kind of like, yeah, but why is any of this information coming out anyways? Why, like, why is this so easy to find for alternative researchers who are driving themselves crazy? Like one of the shows I love, but I can hardly watch is um, the last American Vagabond. Um, on Rockfin, it's with Ryan Christian or Christensen or something like that. Anyway, he does these like huge, like three hour deep dives every couple days. And he's finding all this information, bringing it forward. And he's like so frustrated because it's so accessible, this information and people aren't paying attention to it. So I kind of like had to pull back and also I'm going to have a baby. So I can't really ruminate on how terrible the world is right now. Um, And But in pulling back, I was sort of like, wait, though, why is all this information so accessible? Kind of like that uh, nature is meta love or that that Instagram account you're talking about. Like, why? Why is this out there? Why do we know about like Fauci and the email scandals? Why is it public that? Bill and Melinda Gates are separating, all these things that we hear about. I'm like, they absolutely have the ability to snuff out any information they want completely snuffed out. So why is this coming out? I think it's because they know the power of our fears. They know the power of our fears. So for somebody like me to be afraid that my loved ones who have chosen to get vaccinated are going to be at risk is that's powerful. Mm -hmm. So I just had to be like, Hmm, what if I just disengage from this and just let, let life carry on? Because like we said at the end of our last conversation, like, Oh, then you look outside and there's my husband and my daughter playing in the backyard and actually everything's normal right now. (laughs) Yes. In your garden, it's normal because that's all you have control over. That's what you and your body and your soul and your mind and your spirit is your garden. It's all an extension of you. Yeah. I agree with you because I've had family members, uh, same thing. I sent them all the videos. I'm like, just look at this before you make your decision. It's, of course, your decision. Just look at it. And even with that or some stuff I would send, my mom was like, oh, it got deleted. I was like, mom, remember when I said you need to watch this quick because it's going to get deleted because it's riddled with truth and they don't want that. She's like, well, we, we you know, didn't watch it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, great. So, uh, yes, I, I do feel that that is uh, what is going on as well. And it is. It's the resistance. It knows your fears. It knows what you're scared shitless of. And it's getting loose your energy or 
causing you to keep away or to hold back on what your true purpose here is. And as long as you don't let it do that and you say, fuck off and it fucks off, that's great. That's the resistance uh, at work. You just, it, it plays dirty and that's it, right? And now it'll hit you at your family. It's like the boss level, everything going on right now. It's like the final boss level. Yes. Yeah. It's the weirdest shit. And even the idea that if this is a simulation, um, and I've talked about this before, uh, but we haven't discussed it, that maybe history doesn't exist. Maybe you're just plopped right in here uh, to have this experience and you were just told that dinosaurs were a thing. And then an asteroid hit a long time ago. And that, you know, the car was invented in whatever they used to look like this, but now they look like this now. And all of it's like fabricated, you know? I 100% believe that. I 100% believe that. Every every piece of evidence that we have to support the anything in history, even our own memories only exists in the present. There's only the now moment. There is no past. There is no future. There's like a million potentials on either side. There are a million pasts, a million futures. We get to constantly be choosing our own adventure, but from this centered now moment, extending into our concept of the past, extending into our concept of the future and all it, the whole point of it is to feed who we believe we are and what we are creating in this now moment. I totally believe that there is no, there is no past. Yeah. And to make decisions based off of that information. Right. And yeah, exactly. And this like whole thing, like, Oh, if we don't learn history will repeat itself. Like, well, if we keep talking about history repeating itself and keep like insisting that this is how history went. And, and it's, I think it, again, that's a hard thing to talk about because it's very conceptual and it gets confusing for people. And like the, you know, um, somebody could feel like I'm saying that something that that you experienced wasn't real. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I experienced that my son died five years ago, but I only experience it from this moment now. Even my memories, I only interface with from this moment right now. That is a construct of my consciousness in this moment, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't mean there's not a ton of pain around it. It doesn't. And it certainly has, it, it informs who I believe I am and how I exist in the world. So it's not to say that the things that people have been through, like, you know, one of my big fears is that somebody who's lived through some kind of um, Holocaust or atrocity would feel like I'm denying that that happened. In no way, in no way, because right now, the, the influence of that perception that that took place in a different now moment, and there is no different now moment, is it, it's real. So therefore, it's real. It's just that it's not real as in it solidly happened in the way that we kind of are led to perceive like, oh, dinosaurs existed and cars were invented. Like you said, like, nope, there's only right now cars exist right now. And we have a story that dinosaurs were real. <laughs> yeah. Which I love dinosaurs. I think the concept of them is great. I think it's fun. You know, that's a childlike wonder thing, just like going to space. Like I think it's cool. It sucks that it, it isn't real, but it, it'd be fun. Right. Um, and so whenever you are presented with this kind of stuff, it is almost like it is why it, it, it exists rather um, for you to have the experience and to create yourself the way that you want to. So you have to have a past to know what, I don't know, to put your right foot in front of your left, you know, stuff like that. Just simple mode of transportation things, simple how to open a door, how to write, how to read. And so those kind of memories or experiences that you had create who you are so then you can create your future. This is what's interesting about the human psyche as well, is that we remember the past, we're aware of what's going on now, but the 
the future's a blank slate and it's all potentialities, which is interesting. It's maybe that's, you know, a mechanistic thing built into the simulation so that we don't screw it up or so that we can have whatever we want. So therefore we never screw it up because anything that happens is what we chose is what we decided to do to choose your own adventure. Just like you said. Um, okay. So what do you think about the idea of like superhuman abilities and things like that? Now, why I'm asking is let's say that maybe the ascended masters and like Jesus and all that kind of stuff, Maybe they could heal the blinds because being blind in this reality is just a code or it's a glitch in the matrix, perhaps. And they're able to go in and rewrite your code, you know, in a literal sense. And then, boom, now you have sight turned on, basically. Or if you have a bum leg or something like that, that's just a code in the matrix and they can fix that. Maybe that's what they were here to do. Um, it lends to the idea as well as like extraterrestrials or something like that. Uh, maybe they have the ability to do these things to kind of hack the matrix a little bit. They're just a program built into it to, to aid um, or to alter in any way. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I totally believe in superhuman abilities. I, I definitely jive with that sort of description of, you know, uh, what we would consider miraculous healing. Um, one of the pieces of information I've gotten through the priestess codes is about that kind of healing where it's all about your vibrational frequency. And so when you have a certain frequency, and as I'm saying this, I'm aware, like the, the, even the word frequency might, people might be like, what are you talking about? But it's like your level of consciousness and what it can believe in what it can conceptualize, but not just conceptualize as an idea, but also then like fully integrate, like so that you're, you know, that's just how you be in the world. So if you have a level of consciousness that believes um, in an integrated way that our DNA is a divine code, it's a light code, it's not even, you know, it's ultimately not even physical matter. It's like, it's just light that's vibrating. And that the like, we can fine tune those vibrations very, very easily and subtly, um, then your being is going to vibrate in like as a match to that concept, like it's going to reflect that in its own vibrational rate. And then in your field, so somebody like Jesus, I think, believed that and understood that. So, so his energetic countenance was such that um, he was vibrating in a way that allowed for wholeness and perfection, uh, the original like blueprint um, to exist. And then the people that came into his field and could match that vibration through their belief in him could receive healing. And I often think about that. Um, I guess, I don't know if you could call it a parable. Can you call biblical stories parables? I guess so. Uh, the parable is just anything that um, I think is a story that then has a moral or type of result. Like, uh, I mean, what's that? Mother goose and shit. That's a parable, right? Right. So, I, okay, like maybe it's a parable, maybe it's just a story, uh, but the, the part in the Bible that um, where somebody touched his robe as he was walking by and received healing just from touching his robe. So, so I think it was a woman and she didn't ask, she, you know, he didn't give her his blessing. And then some of his uh, entourage were like, how dare you? 
you know, you're not allowed to touch the Christ or whatever. And he was like, my brothers, it's fine. She And she received the healing and it wasn't through me. It was through the power of her faith. I think it's because, so he's kind of like, like when you thrum a guitar string and then you have another guitar in the same room, you don't even have to touch it. The, the string starts vibrating. I think it's like that. So as we expand in our consciousness and really stabilize that within ourselves of like um, completeness and health and well-being and like deep immovable worthiness and self-love and self-forgiveness and grace and all that stuff, then we're um, getting closer to our wholeness and we radiate that wholeness and then somebody who comes into our field on any level who is able to calibrate to that also becomes a match to some extent or another to that wholeness and i think that's what superhuman abilities are and they just manifest differently for different people um and i totally believe that like there are probably other beings that like just get that shit yeah absolutely <laughs> like like interdimensionals or extraterrestrials or whatever like they just already know that and they're like ah humans you so lost in your concept of healing yeah like how we can build computers but raccoons can't we're like oh Aw, you got opposable thumbs and anything, but you're just trash pandas. Right. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we'll probably wrap it up here, but I, I wanted to say then too, another superpower is just making people feel better and v raising the vibration of their frequency, right? And so you'll have somebody that you walk into a room, NPC or not, they're bummed out. Well, you can just with a smile or buying them a cup of coffee or something, any any of the sign-off shit that I've got, stop littering, shit like that, get out of the left-hand lane, people hate that. Um then you, you can change people's vibrations. And that to me is a superhuman ability. That's great. So everybody yeah. has the potential to do this. Absolutely. And you can do it for free. It can be part of your career or not. It's, and it's like, it's a, it's a, it's literally the gift that just keeps on giving. Like it just echoes out and out and out and ripples out and out and out and out and out. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah. My favorite saying in Spanish is puerta te bien que nada te cuesta. And that simply means just being good or being nice doesn't cost anything. And that's absolutely right. Mm. Um, Amy, thank you so much. Uh, did you want to tell us about the new stuff that you got going on before we wrap? And of course, I'll link all the ways to find you in the show notes. Thanks. Okay. So I have, um, I just, just finished up the live component of the psychic activation course. So if you are wanting to understand psychic abilities um, in a, in a way that is demystified, but also still totally um, fucking mind blowing and amazing and learn ways to calibrate to that and awaken it in yourself, then this is a great course for that. That's the whole entire intention. And um, so that is available now as a, a just a self-paced, self-study course. And I'm doing um, a mission. I can never remember it because I flipped between the words so much. It's a mission activation mastermind. Uh, so it's, it's amazing so far. The conversations that are happening are next level. Some people are like, I don't know what my mission is or my purpose, but I know I can't go back. Like I know I'm getting closer to it. And other people are like, Oh, I'm on fire. I've got a friggin' project. I know what I'm doing. And, and it's just really beautiful, but it's a space to, um, ask your questions, get support, share support, elevate together, and uh, we have a call every other week um, that are recorded and you get access to it for life. And I basically just channel some, um, like I call them light codes, but they're just like clarity and, and sort of illusion dispelling 
truth as it comes through to me around many aspects to do with um, mission. My next one that I'm so excited to talk about is money because it took me for ever to figure that shit out it made me so mad when people would say money is just energy and now i'm like money is legit just energy yeah it's current <laughs> sea right it's just like a current in a sea yeah 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 exactly so it's a it's just a, a really great place to connect with people who are like-minded and wanting to be here on purpose and be in community together. So that is currently open. And then I'm also um, opening up, I think I just opened up two spots for um, private mentorship for anybody who just wants to like quantum fucking leap through all those illusory fears that have been holding them back. So cool. Uh, you do just such amazing stuff. I mean, you're incredible. And your shows just keep getting more and more amazing. That one with Brandon that you just had. I mean, love the name, first of all. But damn, dude, that guy was incredible. Um, the, that, how we said about the butterfly and the caterpillar thing, that's how I described this show. I was like, that spoke right to me. It's incredible. Um, so keep plugging away, man. And I will definitely link uh, your show as well as any ways to find you and anything you want in the show notes as well. So you guys, y'all know Amy. She's Soul Tribe. So just go check her out. She's absolutely wonderful. Check out Soul space on facebook and uh amy thank you so much thank you so much for inviting me i always love talking to you brandon you are welcome anytime we will do it again soon yes a massive thanks to amy belair for coming back on the show for an incredible discussion guys uh npcs simulation i we love this stuff and it's fun to nerd out with somebody else who loves it just as much as well and has some incredibly insightful observations to make so uh, all the ways to find her will be linked in the show notes, guys. Go check out her podcast, Third Eye Awakening, for sure. Uh, go uh, check out the Facebook group that we're part of over there, Soul Space, on Facebook, for you guys that are still kind of kicking around on that platform. Um, go check her out. Everything's amazing. Uh, for this show, guys, find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be found, as well as the YouTube link uh, for this video in particular and all of the other ones. Uh, so go over there and check that out. Patreon's up there as well. If you like the show, if you find it valuable, go ahead and throw uh, throw a little down on that. That would be much love appreciated. So um, go out into your week, guys. Pick up a piece of litter. Go ahead and don't litter in the first place. Uh, get out of the left-hand lane. That would be wonderful. Buy somebody in line behind you a coffee or a meal or a bottle of water, just something. Roll around with a few bottles of water extra on you for the hot months to give out to folks that don't have it or that look thirsty, whatever. Anyway, I also just go out into your week this week, guys, strong and powerful. Uh, take a look at some NPCs in your world and see what you think about the whole idea. It's just a fun thing to think about. Uh, and uh, while you're out there doing that, just go ahead and be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.